Well, I, f- I found out that Donald Duck just hosted one of the awards. So, you know, that blew my mind. Like, how did it... I want to know how it happened. Well, it, it, was, it, it was available. I mean... <laughs> Didn't have any prior commitments. Pluto was like, Pluto was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he can't talk. He's a dog. Pluto doesn't talk. All right. Well, Mickey was like, I am doing it. Oh god. Oh boy, can't do it. I'm out with Minnie that night. <laughs> I've got nipples, cause thank you. <laughs> Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bâté, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver bêtes. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No! I remember quite clearly it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Uh, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists... In the presentation of the Palm Door, Adele, Leah, and Abdel, 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 Hi everybody, welcome to episode 47 of the Filmotomy podcast. Uh, today we're going back in time to uh, the year 2001, where we'll be discussing the 73rd uh, Annual Academy Awards. So we'll be looking back at, you know, what what happened in, in 2000, and which films were nominated, and which ones won, and whether they should have won. Enough rambling from me. Let's introduce our guests uh, with us today, all the way from Australia. It's Doug. Hi, everyone. And we've also got Audrey here from America. Hello. And I'm Robin here from wherever you are. Hello. <laughs> I'm live from via satellite uh, in the north of the UK. <laughs> By the way, that introduction cost the government one trillion dollars. Oh, we all got all dressed up, looking glamorous, I hope. Yep, yeah, I've dressed up in my gladiator outfit, especially. <laughs> I'm wearing my finest pajamas, so... Yeah. Uh, and Doug, what are you wearing? I'm dressed as Aaron Brockovich. Oh, lovely. Oh, I, well, I wish we had... <laughs> I wish we had all like actual cameras so we could see it all, but <laughs> just just to see if it was true. But you know, it's not a good uh... look. <laughs> we'll be able to unsee oh. it. <laughs> now I took a nine-year-old kid to see Gladiator, and he cried through the entire film. Now maybe it was because he didn't know who I was. Where were you in 2001, and were you sort of paying attention to the Oscars? Yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, 
I've been following him intensely since Dances with Wolves, really, when I was a young lad. Um, <laughs> and I've kind of watched him every year since with varying levels of enthusiasm. It was Gladiator winning that went back to the, the old... They just went for the epic, didn't they, in the song? <laughs> uh, and it certainly wasn't the best film of the year, but it was a crowd-pleaser, so... There is a ton more films I did like, but yeah. So I followed this year just like I did every other. And I believe around that time was the first time I started blogging. Uh, oh. You know, remember GeoCities, was it? The Yahoo thing? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I had one of them. Um, and I started, yeah, around about that time and the following year with, with um, when The Lord of the Rings came out. So that, that's when I started blogging, really. I'm an amateur. I was an amateur then. I've got my own domain. I've got my own domain now. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I was. Pretty much where I am now. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I haven't changed since nineteen ninety. I'm still the same person. What about you, you Audrey? Where were you in two thousand and one? Um, well, this this um, sounds like an interrogation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what are you doing? The question. <laughs> this aired, I was um, six days shy of my 13th birthday. I definitely watched the 74th Academy Awards, so I think this might be the last year before I kind of got into watching, you know, the Academy Awards. Um, so I was, a, I was a kid, I was young. Um, I actually, when I looked back at the winners and even the nominees, I kind of was like, this seems like a really, really weak year. And then I looked at all the movies that came out in 2000, and I felt like there were a lot of really good movies that I personally liked that just didn't get nominated and weren't included in this for some reason. So I feel like the Academy Awards for this year are kind of misleading about the good movies that came out in in that year. Um, Gladiator? I don't know. It's fine. It's it's whatever. It's probably my husband's like top five favorite movies. <laughs> I, you know, whatever. It's Gladiator. <laughs> um, um, Doug, where were you? As just continue with the interrogation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah two thousand and one. I would have been sort of mid teenage years. Um, I, I definitely remember watching this ceremony, and cause I suppose you have to remember this was a time really before Oscar websites and all the predictions and people following the preseason really closely and writing about things. Uh, so I remember being quite confused by this ceremony because in years prior you would see a film win you know best director or best screenplay and editing and think okay well that's the one that's going to win best picture because these are the categories a best picture winner takes before they take the big one so I can remember very clearly what as the ceremony was progressing seeing traffic pick up best director best supporting actor best adapted screenplay and film editing and thinking okay, well, that, that, that's our best picture winner. That's what's going to happen. And then when it was announced as Gladiator, I was so confused because this wasn't supposed to happen. You know, it hadn't won all those precursor awards that it's supposed to. Like, okay, it picked up Best Actor, but I think it picks the other ones with sort of costume design and things like that. And it was, I just remember thinking, okay, well, this, this, this flips my idea of what the Oscars are because nothing followed the plan tonight in some years that's going to happen um so i think this was kind of a turning point for me of wanting to get more into the preseason and wanting to kind of understand how this whole this process works and how they come to that decision and then kind of realizing there is no way to really rationalize that sometimes they just 
they can pick something completely out of nowhere that you didn't expect they would. Um, so yeah, I, and, and I, you know, I remember everybody was really into Gladiator at the time because it was such a, a big blockbuster in terms of box office and everyone I know had seen it, everyone I know had loved it and obviously, you know, Australia has that pseudo connection to Russell Crowe that we, we claim him as our own even though he's in, from New Zealand. Um, so we were obviously really proud of him winning and it was one of our, you know, a moment in, in Australian history that, you know, we, we captured best actor kind of thing. Thing that Doug said there was that, that that was my stat basically that the the editing which I'm, I'm going to write a piece on the editing generally in the history of editing but so with editing screenplay is the same acting award you get any of those and the director obviously is the big one and and Traffic is the only film in the history to win those four and not win Best Picture mm, mm. so yeah I know what Doug means when you when I was watching it because I wanted Traffic to win and I remember when it took director and I'm thinking. Oh, is it, is it going to do it? You know, and I still I still wasn't sadly convinced because Russell Crowe won Best Actor, which was probably mm. the biggest surprise, but also the biggest indicator of where of where the which boxes were being ticked. Mm. You know, Captain Tiger as well was. I, th- I think between the three of them, it was it was so close. I'd love to see the balance. <laughs> My only other fact was that the All the King's Men was the last film before that to win the Best Picture without winning uh, writing and director. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at these five Best Picture nominees, and I kind of don't feel like any of them are that great of films. For me, it's like, does Gladiator deserve it? Well, maybe or maybe not, but do any of the other movies deserve it that much more than Gladiator? I don't know. To me, it's a weak year for Best Picture nominees based on the five that actually got the nomination. I'll tell you something on the poll I did. Shocker, I got zero votes. <laughs> That's um, not surprising. I think it's a backlash. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Shocker was like the following on from the previous year when Lassa Hallstrom got Cider House Rules, you know, the Weinsteins and Mirax and almost knocked American Beauty off its, off its top spot. But, you know, five very different films, and Gladiator is the one that probably ticks all the, you know, the boxes... If you go back into the history of the awards, you know, that's got everything. The epic, you know, even like Charlton Heston was at the Oscars. You know, it's like, oh, we're all going back in time, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. Like Braveheart, when that, came, when that came out, it was like, oh, we're revitalising the epic again. We like that. I think that, that like, you remember the Academy is, is, is made up of those sort of old white guys who you remember a time when films like Gladiator were were the, the mainstay of Hollywood, you know, things like Spartacus and Ben-Hur, yeah. um, and this this really harkened back to that time. So I think that kind of explains how it could win Best Picture in this is a pre-preferential ballot situation, so it just had to be the, mo- the most votes. And I think the majority of the Academy, it, it, well, it's still, it's still that case now, but even then it was definitely made up of old white guys and... This was their film. It, it spoke to them so much more than the other four nominees. Yeah, the the Academy voting system always feels to me like a bunch of aliens trying to decide what they want. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, we should include this because that's what people want, right? And it just, it, it I don't know. There's no rhyme or root. For, for the record, 13-year-old Audrey would have picked Chocolat. That would have been 13-year-old me's, like, vote. But um, that has obviously changed since I became older and 
developed taste, I guess, in movies. But. <laughs> well, the ten-year-old, ten-year-old uh, me is just upset that Chicken Run uh, wasn't wasn't nominated. <laughs> they were robbed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They really were chickens, you know. Uh, yeah. The Academy. See what, see what they, did there. Uh, <laughs> they didn't yeah. have the guts to go with to go with Chicken Run no, like they should. They did. They did. They did. They <laughs> oh god these are terrible uh, alright that's it that's the pod uh, see you next <laughs> uh, so that's edited let me write that down edit that out okay <laughs> is there anything that you feel should have been on that should have been nominated instead of those five there's some great other foreign films but also films that the academy seemed to like a lot but didn't the Shadow of the Vampire, films like mm. that. Uh, the Contender, that was really well liked. You Can Count on Me. The Michael Douglas film, The Wonder Boys. There's all these kind of grounded films that people were... But they just didn't quite make it. You know, they got a few nods, but Almost Famous is probably the best film to not be in the five, in my opinion. Because it had love all the way through the season. Uh, but, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I was going to agree with you. I think Almost Famous and then maybe, like, Billy Elliot I liked a lot, too. I feel like that got some attention for other um, awards, but not for Best Picture. And I feel like those are probably the two that I would include in Best Picture. Yeah, I would I would like to put Requiem for a Dream, but I know it's such a dark, depressing film. I mean, you, you leave that film just feeling completely deflated because it's such a, a horrible, bleak ending. I mean, it, it, it suits the film perfectly, but... I can understand, like, you, it's not really something you would want to vote for. Um, it's a, you know, a, a miracle that Ellen Burstyn gets nominated because she, they had to, they couldn't overlook that performance. But the film as a whole, it's, it, it doesn't fit the best picture mold. I get that, but for me, that's something that should have been there. And yeah, definitely Billy Elliot. I, I was quite surprised that you know they could give Stephen Daldry a best director nomination, but not give it best picture. I thought that was very strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the releases that came out in 2000 and some great films on there, which, you know, have become classics, you know, got Unbreakable. Now that's, you know, back when M. Night was, you know, the the king. And we had X-Men come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Really is an interesting film that's dealing with sort of racism and prejudice and everything. Oh, brother, where art thou? Which is probably uh, yeah. my, my favourite Coen's Brothers film. So, Robin said uh, uh, there were a lot of um, great world cinema in that year. You know, we've got Battle Royale that came out. Probably not probably not a good Best Picture uh, nominee, but, you know, it's, it's a great film. The it's, other one I, I, I'd probably throw in is American Psycho. Yeah, I know. I know that that, that definitely in a, never in a million years would that be nominated for best picture. But um, you know, I think Christian Bale is so fantastic in that, and it, that's certainly sort of something that's gone on to have a pretty big cult following. And I think there'd be a lot of people who would who would definitely say that's probably their best film of that year, um, as sort of dark and satirical as it is. New card. What do you think? Oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? 
Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How did a nitwit like you get so tasteful? I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Raised lettering. Pale Nimbus. White. Impressive. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Subtle off-white coloring. A tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. It, it obviously just doesn't fit the typical Academy mold, but I mean that would have made a, an amazing Best Picture nominee. And probably today would, would maybe have a bit more of a shot, that they, they'd be more willing to take a chance on something like that. It, it definitely doesn't fit into the 2000 era of the Academy Awards, but I, I could see something like that being nominated today. Moving on, best director. Yeah, so Soderbergh won, didn't he? I know he had two films in contention, which has only mm. happened like once before. And it, it, I suppose the thing you think about is split vote, split vote. And I, and I remember he was kind of harassed by the studios, both films, you know, which one are you going to pick? Which one are you going to pick? Mm. And he didn't mm. really want to, but I think sort of um, like Chinese whispers and then Traffic was kind of the better film. And they were going to go technically... For that, you know, you know, when edited, and Brockovich was the was a Julie Roberts, you know, film. <laughs> Had Julie Roberts not been in that film, I think it probably wouldn't have even made Best Picture and or director. No. And Soderbergh wouldn't have had anything no. to worry about. As it turned out, he won, which I think, considering, is a remarkable achievement when he's up against and the contenders are Ang Lee, Paul, Paul Ridley Scott as well. And like, they just don't seem to want to give him anything. It, I, I, I don't really think that there's any reason that, that Soderbergh was nominated for Aaron Brockovich. I just, I'm, I, there's nothing particularly interesting in the direction of that film. Traffic, absolutely, and he definitely deserved to win. But Aaron Brockovich is a very straightforward directed film. There's nothing particularly interesting other than, I guess, the colour palette of it. It's, you know, that kind of orange muted look to it. But I, I, I'm still quite surprised he got both nominations. Um, and it's, it's a miracle that, the, I guess there wasn't that split vote that, that, that it didn't ruin his chances. Um, I, I would have removed the Aaron Brockovich nomination and probably given it to Cameron Crowe. I think he probably deserved to be there for Best Director. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just so, like, borderline insulting to have him up for two because it's like, really, there's no other great directors that you want to, I don't know, honour with this incredible nomination. <laughs> It just seemed, like, especially since there is a clear, like, one is clearly um, a better directed film. Like, mm. like you said, Aaron Brockovich is fairly paint-by-numbers. Like, it's not, you know, there are a lot of directors who could make that movie and do just as good of a job. Whereas Traffic is different. Like, Soderbergh contributed something unique to that film that he deserves to be acknowledged for, but... Yeah, if I was one of the other directors that year, I would be rolling my eyes a little bit. <laughs> the interesting thing is that D- DGA had the exact same nominees. They, they gave two nominations to Soderbergh as well. So I think this is still a time where DGA just flowed completely on into the Oscars. They just did, did the exact same nominees. And for whatever reason, DGA thought he had, felt he, he deserved those two nominations. And the Oscars obviously just followed suit. 
but Ang Lee wouldn't he for DGA, which is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, really exactly. weird. Yeah. It's like you look at that yeah. and you think, well, Gladiator had no chance, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. weird how it turned out. Well, uh, moving on then, um, actors. So, um, Robin, who won and who were the other nominations? Uh, Russell Crowe won for Gladiator. Um, the other nominees were Tom Hanks for Castaway, uh, who was probably the favourite. Mm. Um, Jeffrey Bush for Quills, and Ed Harris for Pollock, which was like a really late, really late comer, but he was he was quite immense in that. And um, Javier Bardem was kind of like the surprise, but possibly the best of the five for Before Night Falls. And Russell Crowe won. Plus the year before, they really liked him in The Insider. You know, you got to think maybe there's a bit of that. Mm. We won't give him it for that, but we'll give him it for this, uh, which is really weird because the film he should have won for was the one he did next, which is Beautiful Mind. Mm. So, but you can't mm-hmm. you can't switch history. Had he punched someone at the BAFTAs this year, maybe he wouldn't, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't have got... I don't think he deserved it. I think it's perfectly good, like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. You know, that kind of, yeah, brilliant, fine, yeah, very fierce, but... It was a great reaction. Some of the people don't really like Russell Crowe. His reaction to winning was actually quite, mm. su- quite sweet because even he was stunned. <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was shaking. You know, you'll never see Russell Crowe such a vulnerable position again, apart from when he's singing in Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind us. Yeah, I think yeah. at the time he was sort of on the cusp of being the next big thing in Hollywood, which he certainly sort of then went on to become and. You know, they're they're not opposed to sort of awarding popularity. That that that's a big part of why a lot of, a lot of the times that, that that an acting win happens. It certainly explains Julia Roberts's win as well. Um, so I think he at the time there wasn't any sort of backlash towards him. He didn't have that tarnished sort of public persona that you see over the next couple of years. Certainly the next year, yeah. by that ruined his chances. At the time, he was still completely lovable, and he had delivered a character that had become sort of instantly iconic that people were quoting the lines and, you know, women wanted to be with him and men wanted to be him. And so he just captured both those sorts of voters. He got the male votes and he got the female votes. And it was just, it's amazing to think that he could beat someone like Tom Hanks, who is, you know, one of the most beloved and popular actors in history. And yet he was able to overcome that. Tom Hanks already had two, didn't he? So that was probably... I know it's, yeah, yeah. I know it's yeah. awful to say that, but, you know... That's it's, worked uh, against Tom Hanks every year. It's like oh, he's already got two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've done this before. But honestly, I'm a little shocked that Tom Hanks was the front runner for Best Actor because I remember, like, Castaway came out when I was, you know, 12 years old, and I remember thinking even then, this is not that great. Like, this is not that great <laughs> movie. I don't get it. I don't get the Castaway thing, but... That's me. I think it's just because it's, it's just him on screen by himself for such a long time and, you know, talking to a coconut or a football or whatever it was. Oh, um, Wilson. A volleyball, that's right, yeah. yeah, Wilson. I think they wanted to just kind of award someone that... It, it's similar to, like, Sandra Bullock in Gravity when it's just one performer in the film for the entire time carrying it on their shoulders. Whether it's a great performance or not, just the fact that mm. I guess they had that responsibility to... to, to to shoulder an entire film on their own and, and somehow pulled it off. It's like, you know. Um, I have a pretty great story about Wilson. Um, go actually talking about GeoCities. Um, my mother found a potato that had sprouted sort of 
like little things popping out of it in our cupboard when I was a kid after Castaway came out. And she drew a face on him and named him Pilsen because he's a potato <laughs> Wilson. And then created a website with Pilsen photoshopped into pictures of like Wayne Gretzky and like the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing. Well, moving on to to the actresses. Uh, who won? Robin? And this, uh, this nobody came from nowhere. Julia Roberts, have you heard of her? I don't know. Was she in that movie about the prostitute? She used to be a prostitute, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Chinese whispers. Yeah, so this is like the opposite of what, uh, what Doug said about the up and coming of Russell Crowe. This is somebody who, given 10 years, American sweetheart, etc., etc., and she played a little bit out of type, and, and so everyone loved her. But I think Ellen Burstyn really should have won. I think it's, yeah. I think it's yeah. a bit ridiculous that she didn't. I'm, I'm going to wear that. You don't know. I'm going to be on television. I got a call and an application. And... Come on, Ma. Who's pulling your leg? No, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm going to be a contestant on television. I don't know when yet. They haven't told me when yet. But you'll see how proud you are when you see your mother in a red dress, uh, television and golden shoes. What is the big deal about being on television? Those pills you're taking will kill you before you ever get on, for Christ's sake. Big deal? You drove up in a cab. Did you see who had the best seat? I'm somebody now, Harry. Everybody likes me. Soon, millions of people will see me and they'll all like me. I think that's one of the biggest, the biggest tragedy, the travesties of the sort of the last couple of decades is Ellen Burstyn not winning. That 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 performance is it's it's incredible and and like it, it is really hard to watch and it is really. It, you know, it doesn't make you feel great. Like, I think that's the difference here. Julia Roberts' performance makes you feel great. You know, she, you know, she, she plays this, you know, down out, down and out on her luck woman who, you know, never should have been in the position that she finds herself in. And she champions the little guy. And it, it's a true story. And, you know, true stories always play well at the Oscars. But, God, Ellen Burstyn's performance is just, it's just unbelievable. And, what she puts herself through and, and the, the, just the range of emotions she goes through is just, it's, it's one of the, like, for me personally, it's one of the greatest performances of all time. Anyone else from that year do you think should have been nominated? I think Bjork is probably, maybe five years later, she might have got the best actress. <laughs> Dance in the Dark is so good, you guys. Yeah, Dance in the Dark, as Audrey said, is, is a really, really good film and, like, probably best in level of... You know, anxiety. So supporting actors and actresses, I mean, obviously for actresses, we see good old Judy Dench uh, get nominated because <laughs> as part, I guess Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep didn't have a movie out that year. <laughs> um, so Benicio Del Toro was the winner, he's the favourite, and he was probably the most popular winner. Everyone absolutely loved him. When he, he's, he's just the coolest guy in the room. Some really weird nominees as well this year. You had, um, Joaquin Phoenix, Albert Finney, uh, it, was, it was really good in Aaron Bokovich. Willem Dafoe, Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. And Jeff Bridges mm. uh, playing the president and the contender. So, very again, very very different roles. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's quite surprising. I mean, I love Joaquin Phoenix. So, you know, I thought he was brilliant. He was best thing in Gladiator. Sorry, Russell Crowe. Uh, <laughs> no, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh-huh. 
this one is they probably got it right with El Toro. Um, I don't, yeah, I feel like this was sort of a, a thing where a lot of the talent was, I mean, not talent, but like a lot of the best performances for this year were in Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress, and then Best Supporting Actor is um, a little bit harder to shake out. But I, yeah, I think Del Toro deserved it for Traffic. And Supporting Actress, and I mentioned obviously du- Judy Dench was uh, nominated, but who won? Oh, this is, I don't know if this is a bigger shock than Russell Crowe, I think so. Yeah, Mas- yeah. Gay Harden won. And Pollock was like the was like the late comer, you know. It was like the late, it didn't win anything, but then it just came at the end. And Ed Harris, because I thought Ed Harris might win when I was watching the show on the night. I thought, oh, it's got some real momentum. But she's going to win. Kate Hudson was nominated, and Francis McDormand. I think they were they were probably the favourites, but also maybe split voting. Mm. Uh, Julie Walters was terrific. Yeah. In. Um, Billy Elliot, which is... I mean, this is a really good category, actually. Oh, Judy Dench, which you mentioned, yeah, for Chocolat, which is ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, love that, I love that woman, but... You know. She won the SAG. She won the SAG award uh, for that, which oh. was just unbelievable. It's so strange. But I think that was, like, the Weinstein power, and I keep mentioning that. That there, that moment mm. there, when she, won mm. the, when she won the Guild, any Oscarologist will say to you that that's when Almost Famous Lot died and Chocolat yeah. came, you know, because yeah. probably... Kate Hudson probably should have won, you know, the breakthrough. She was really good at it. She kind of is a lead, etc., etc. Moving on to screenplays, obviously original screenplay. Who won for best original uh, best original screenplay? Uh, that was Cameron Cameron Crowe. I'm not sure if this was a, a a guilt win. You know, they had to give him sometimes <laughs> screen. And I'm very political, but screenplays sometimes win because. Mm. You know, look at Goodwill uh. Hunting and L.A. Confidential, the, you know, uh. the Titanic one. But I think a really good win. I don't know why Gladiator's in that. I think that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I was, I was, I definitely think Almost Famous was a really good screenplay because I was not allowed to see Almost Famous when it came out because I was too young. But what I could do was go onto my computer and print out the screenplay and read it and pretend I was watching it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I read the screenplay when I was probably like, yeah, 12 years old, and I it was really good. Was... Um, adapted screenplay is where I've got some real concerns. Um, Go on, then. The, well, there's just... Oh, brother, where art thou? You know, it's not... They say, oh, it's adapted from the Odyssey, but it's not really. <laughs> not yeah, really. That's a, that's a big stretch. Yeah, just because it says so, and it's got a couple of similarities, and it's got, you know, some quotes from it at the very beginning of the film, doesn't make it, uh, you know, that's, it's not, not, I think, yeah, that, that really annoys, annoys me, and uh, also, uh, Chocolat, you uh. know, it keeps coming back, it keeps uh. coming back. <laughs> um, Thanks, Harvey. Who won? for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Stephen Gagan won for Traffic, which I think, again, was like decided long before. I think because mm-hmm. people... The, the TV show was really popular in the UK, as you, Yankee, you probably know. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but it was it was massive, and then Stephen Gagan sort of made a name for himself, uh, adapted it, and it was, it was a really good screen, really well-structured. I think, personally, uh, American Psycho should have been there. Yeah. Definitely in terms of how they managed to... I've read that book. How they managed to make a film out of that book is uh, amazing. So that should have been, you know, there. But obviously, 
very controversial book. I, I don't think the Academy would have would have liked that, and probably didn't like the film. <laughs> so I think the big surprise is, is High Fidelity, which mm. the, is a really, really, really good adaptation. Hopefully, but they just completely ignored it. Oh, I just want to say uh, that uh, Arthur C. Clarke presented the Best Adapted Screenplay Award um, via satellite. Uh, from his home in Sri Lanka, uh, because the Oscars were all 2001 themed, because it was 2001. Uh, you know, you know what I've just realized? That hosting the Oscars is like making love to a beautiful woman. It's something I only get to do when Billy Crystal is out of town. So you obviously had Steve Martin being the host. And I was laughing out loud at just how great he is. And do you think, you know, he should come back? I'm just thinking about, you know, next year's Oscars, who should host getting back. I'd like to see him, yeah. I mean, I know he's just done a show with Martin Shaw, haven't he? And mm. which, I, which I saw. So, I mean, he's, he's obviously doing the circuit. I don't know if they considered him. I don't know if he'd want to. When they asked me back in January if I would host the Oscars, the first thought that came into my mind was, would there be enough time for my facelift to heal? <laughs> I think they're very caught up in the idea of changing the Oscars. Like, we need something new, bring in new viewers. I don't know if you can bring in new viewers at this point. I think you've kind of capped out. Um, I, I love Steve Martin. I think there's a lot to be said for, like, just a good old-fashioned host who can just like keep things going and they're the consummate professional and they know how to work the room that's like amazing and it's such an underrated skill and you only have to look at when james franco and Anne hathaway hosted to see what happens and don't have that person there and it's so strange when you first start to get recognized like in the supermarket are you steve martin or at the airport are you steve martin or making love are you steve martin <laughs> Um, so the poll results. Oh, have you got the envelope? Um, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Faye Dunaway's got it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Kate Hudson was best picture. Um, <laughs> no, so I'll, I'll do the five, and then I'll do it as if there were ten. Because uh, the five would have been, according to the Twitter today, and I only did the vote for four hours, but, but I got quite a lot of good lot of votes. Um, Almost Famous, Crouching Tiger, Gladiator... Oh, brother, we're out now. Mm-hmm. And Requiem for a Dream. Oh. Requiem for a Dream and Crouching Tiger got the most votes. Billy Elliot was very close, sixth. American Psycho. Yes. Battle yeah. Royal. And Traffic. What else happened? I mean, I was looking at the audience, sort of who, uh, how many people tuned in. Uh, a record 42.9 million people tuned in which sounds crazy by today's numbers, but that was actually down by 7% from 2000. That's weird as well, because I think, because as I mentioned, they took the show before. Mm-hmm. It's, hard to, it's hard to work out. They're still trying to work out why the audience figures fluctuate or, or generally go down. And I think the, the 99 show was, was not very good. They tried putting, like, bass on the music with people coming out and... The, the awards were in a really weird order, so like American Beauty didn't win anything until like at the end. It was just a bit of a mess, and I think that's probably played a part. So people next year thought, I'm bloody watching that. I'm just to see what happened in 2001 with with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings coming up, and I wonder if the the audience level went up 
I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it did. I'm going to say it did. I think they're very obsessed with this year-to-year fluctuation in viewership, and I really don't think that the average Oscar viewer is thinking, just making their decision on whether or not to tune in based on how good last year's telecast was. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're they're coming in and trying to fiddle with things that, it like, in the long run aren't going to severely impact their numbers. It's, it's all just, like, what else is happening in the world. Because I think the year after that was the first... Um, like, the first big Hollywood event after, like, 9-11. So uh, I feel like it was uh, a very somber event, and everybody was, like, trying not to have too much fun because they were supposed to be, like, you know, still, like, a nation in mourning type of vibe. So uh, it's definitely something to to reflect on. I wonder, you know, what's going to... We've still got, you know, four months of... Well, three months of this year to go. What's going to happen? Is there going to be any major events that's going to affect the, uh, the audience numbers turning into next year's Oscars? Who knows? You know. But well, I think America, it, are, America, are just about this, but I think America are going through a, a kind of very interesting couple of months now, and that's probably going to impact. Oh um, yeah, I didn't want to get too political, but I was about to say the complete and total collapse of America could be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there won't be anyone to watch the Oscars then. <laughs> yeah, or host it, apparently. It's gonna be, yeah, I don't know. I was being quite polite <laughs> This song explains why I'm leaving home to become a stewardess. We can't talk. We have to listen to rock music. I love you. Counting the cars on the New Jersey turnpike. They've all come to look for a man. 